Hello, and welcome to episode 38 of Tech Swamp. We have our host friendly membership team here today. Hey, Brad. Why, hello there. Hello, Caitlin. What's up? Oh, you know, just membership chilling. Chilling. Uh, quite literally, it's very cold here. And of course, mm-hmm. myself, Alex. So this month, we're celebrating Black History Month. We'll be discussing our efforts as well as the additional initiatives of industry and association friends of ACT. We'll also be talking through our new spin on AppCon 21 and what to expect moving forward. But before we get into that, we're going to hit tech history and run through some DC headlines. This month for tech history, we're honoring one of the most influential Black Americans in our industry, Roy L. Clay Sr. Roy is a computer science pioneer who was dubbed the Godfather of Silicon Valley. Why was he dubbed the Godfather of Silicon Valley, you ask? Way back in the late 1950s, with a fresh degree in mathematics, Roy Clay made his way out to California and settled in Silicon Valley, where he began his work for Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. From there, he advanced to leading the team at Hewlett Packard, or HP, that is responsible for the personal computer and is now in the Silicon Valley Hall of Fame. And that's all for tech history. That sound means it's time for What's Brewing in DC. Caitlin and Brad, what are the top tech headlines? Earlier this month, Representative Susan Delbonet and John Katko introduced bipartisan legislation to allow for the expansion of spectrum to meet the expected increased demand for internet-connected devices. The Internet of Things, or IoT, Readiness Act, would require the FCC to collect data on the growth of IoT devices that use 5G so that regulators and lawmakers have a better understanding of the amount of spectrum needed to support the devices. Congresswoman Del Benet said, and I quote, the explosion in use of IoT devices by families and businesses mean we need to ensure we have enough spectrum available to accommodate this growing technology. I believe it is time for the FCC to include Congress in the spectrum planning conversation. The United States can't afford to wait around while other countries are implementing IoT readiness plans. The time for action is now. And speaking of Congress and telecom, the House is taking up more telecom issues and we're not complaining. Earlier this month, the House held a hearing, Connecting America, Broadband Solutions to Pandemic Problems. Chairman Pallone and members of the committee emphasized the growing gap in the digital divide made worse by the COVID-19 pandemic. We applaud the House for taking up this extremely important issue, and we will continue to proudly work with members of Congress to close the digital divide. For more on this hearing, head to the show notes. And we're rounding out what's brewing with some great news. Things are about to get a little easier for small businesses of 20 employees or less. The Biden administration recently announced that the Small Business Administration will be accepting applications for Forgivable Paycheck Protection Program loans, or PPP, only from businesses with fewer than 20 employees. This change comes after the new administration found that many minority-owned and very small businesses in low-income areas had not been able to receive aid. And we should note just real quick that this program uh, is going to allow small businesses of 20 people or fewer to apply only for the first two weeks. After those two weeks, um, businesses of any size can apply. For all the info you'll need regarding PPP funding, head to our show notes. And that's all for What's Brewing. As we mentioned earlier, we're celebrating Black History Month on the pod. 
We're discussing our efforts as well as the additional initiatives of Industry and Association Friends of ACT. We'll also be discussing what to expect from our APCON 21 shakeup later on. So with that, let's dive in. I want to start with Black History Month and the work we're doing. Caitlin, we've been pretty active on Twitter this month. What's the idea there? Well, thank you for noticing. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) So um, with uh, Black History in mind, I wanted to create some content that was focused um, not just about the history and the past, but about the people who are making history right now. Um, So what we're doing is we're sharing, you know, the traditional or expected kind of historical content, celebrating the trailblazers and people who led the way and helped create the environment, um, the app economy environment that we know today. Um, But some of the other exciting things that we're doing is amplifying um, black owned businesses, um, whether it's an app or a technology company or a consulting service, whatever this is, or whatever the business is, if it's a black owned business and it's in our industry, we wanna amplify the effort. So we're doing that um, through some graphics as well as some retweets. We're also sharing events. Um, you know, one of the things about COVID-19 um, and the situation we're in, um, I would say a positive that's come out of this is that we can attend as many virtual events as we want, right? Yeah. Um, so with that, <laughs> we're sharing a ton of content um, that is related to events, um, you know, code.org, um, Verizon, a ton of other orgs are doing um, events, not just this month, but all year long. Um, focused on uh, sharing um, content and efforts of uh, black and brown people in our industry. Um, What I also wanted to do with this content is share strength-based stories and listicles that are celebrating folks in our industry. Um, I think a lot of of times when we're talking about race and um, inequities and inequalities, it's it's really easy um, and, and, and we should honor the inequities and discuss the hardships um, that folks uh, experience as part of um, various uh, groups. But what we also want to do is share and celebrate um, the exciting and wonderful things um, that are coming um, out of the gate and the, the new and exciting um, companies and um, initiatives and groups that are are you know, have existed for a long time that deserve attention and just might not be getting uh, quite enough attention. Um, and then, of course, that leads in nicely to our Retweet Friday, which is not just something we're doing throughout Black History Month. It's something we're going to be doing every Friday. Um, and I have to admit, I stole this idea from Matt Fuller, who is a <laughs> reporter at, I believe, the Huffington Post. Um, but occasionally on Fridays, he does not tweet any original content. He just retweets other people. Usually they're like jokes and memes and stuff. Um, but I thought that that sentiment, you know, would be really nice. Um, but to share, um, to share tweets from folks of varying backgrounds, mm-hmm. um, not just through Black History Month, but through, you know, throughout the year, it's we should be celebrating um, Black and Brown Americans every month and you know when it comes to like women's history month we should be celebrating women every month and their accomplishments every month so i think that retweet friday is something um that we're going to be doing all year round to amplify not just efforts of black and brown folks but but everyone um 
So then we also have some really great original content that we've been sharing. Um, you know, longtime listeners of the pod are familiar with, uh, well, hopefully familiar with our podcast with Kiana Stewart um, of member company Global Force Tech Consulting. Um, Kiana joined us on the podcast over the summer after we issued our letter on racial justice um, and joined us to talk about some really exciting things that she's doing, but then also some things that uh, she sees that can be improved. Um, So highly recommend listening to that, a plug for my own podcast. Um, (laughs) And then, of course, we have um, our Amplify content, um, sharing that blog with Corey Lancaster that we did. Um, And for those who don't know, our Amplify blog series um, was inspired um, after some discussions where we were talking about how we recognize, you know, the gap in representation in our industry and in our community. And we want to change that. So our Amplify series is one of the things that we're doing to lift the voices of those in our industry who are working to close the gaps in representation. We are highlighting problem solvers, elevating people who are driving change in their field and amplifying the efforts and voices of, of all people, but especially people um, who, who are already telling their story, um, but just aren't getting enough attention. So we hope to, to give some more attention to those, those folks. Um, and then we have, this is, this is kind of sad because <laughs> it's a memory of yeah. a different time. <laughs> But um, our developed tour ended uh, just over or just over a year ago. Yes. Um, sad, but fun, right? Sad, but very fun. Yeah. Miss it dearly. Very much so. What would I would do to go back to St. Louis right now? Like yeah. I, I would do anything. Anyways, yeah. So uh, through through our developed event in St. Louis, we met uh, CJ and Kevin of uh, member company Topic who created some really, they created a really awesome app uh, that create that is allowing folks to um, be creative on the go. You can take blogging on the go, writing on the go, and it's, it's a really great, uh, really great vibe they've got going. But what I really loved was their op-ed um, that discussed, uh, you know, the start of Topic, how Topic got, got off the ground, and then how they're, they have been able to use platforms to um to create this app uh and i can't say seamlessly because there's nothing easier seamless about creating technology but <laughs> may, you know the platforms making it a little easier for them to get that done so i know i just threw a lot out there um and i don't expect everyone to be picking up what i'm putting down because it's uh, a lot of content so luckily we will have all of this stuff compiled in our show notes you're gonna have a really robust um, show notes section this month that's gonna have links to all of the stuff we've been discussing and all of the really important resources Yeah, absolutely. And um, as we sort of mentioned earlier, we also have seen a lot of really exciting efforts from other orgs and companies sort of in our network and and friends of our association. And this is certainly not an exhaustive list, um, but it's just a few things that we will also link to in show notes um, just to kind of give you a sense of some of the things that are happening, even just like outside of Axe traditional orbit. So, um, you know, one thing that's pretty cool, our friends at the Copyright Alliance have assembled a pretty comprehensive list of content from Black authors, Black musicians, actors, and more. Um, and you can go and you can find links on where you can 
go and consume this content, which is pretty <laughs> cool. Um, Code.org kickstarted their series of panel presentations on Black leaders' voices in computer science education, um, and those will be occurring throughout 2021, so keep an eye uh, on those events. Um, and wanted to mention that Apple also recently revealed their $100 million racial equity and justice initiative. Um, and this includes the launch of their entrepreneur camp for Black founders and developers, as well as their partnership with Harlem Capital, which is an early stage venture capital firm based in New York that invests in diverse founders to offer guidance and mentorship to all of the participants, um, which I think sort of segs nicely into some of our long-term efforts around diversity, equity, and inclusion. So Caitlin, um, can you kind of go over some of the high-level details about the DE&I group here at ACT? Of course. Um, so uh, we mentioned the letter that we issued uh, in the summer of 2020 earlier, but that letter um, to our commitment for equity and racial justice is what kind of inspired this group. Um, and kind of the notion that we've said before is that February is not the only time to be amplifying black and brown folks in our industry. Um, you know, the Women's History Month example, Native American History Month, all of these things deserve a platform at all times. And with that in mind, um, we have started an internal working group at ACT that's focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and this group is, uh, is going to have some internal goals, but also some external goals. Um, and it's this group is held up by three pillars. Um, the first, increasing impact in our industry. Um, we're going to be doing some really exciting um, webinars and events around um, DEI um, and and in involving our members and involving friends of the association. So keep your eyes and ears out for some exciting events. Um, we also have our listen, learn, and share pillar um, that's going to be focused on sharing content, whether it's articles, academic papers, music, books, film, whatever it is, um, sharing diverse content and diverse voices and making sure that when we are sharing that content, it's consistent and it's timely because um, we want we want this DE&I um, initiative to be the most impactful. So really being thorough there and making sure that what we're sharing is actually impactful. And then the final pillar is equity at ACT, which is just a checks and balances. You know, we're walking the walk. We got to talk the talk or whatever it is. Talk the talk, walk the walk, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, do the things know. that we say we're going to do. <laughs> we say we do stuff and we should do it. So yep. we are. And, um, you know, ACT is a great place to work and there are so many wonderful things, but that doesn't mean that there's not room for like more inclusion and more improvement. So we're excited to um, have this pillar kickstart some stuff like our internal HBCU internship program. Um, so yeah, like I said, keep, keep some eyes and ears out for some upcoming events and content and webinars um, that our uh, DE&I working group is going to be having a, having a hand in. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited for this group as well. Um, I just for me personally, I am excited to learn. Um, I'm excited to help craft some of the content that we put out there. Um, and I'm just like excited to meet new people through this, especially through some of our external goals. So super exciting. Um, so 
from there, I want to kind of move to the second piece of what we wanted to cover um, during Tech Swamp this month, which is AppCon 21. Uh, and I know what you're all thinking. We just had AppCon, um, and uh, you're not wrong. You know, I agree. We did. AppCon 20 just sort of ended a few, uh, few short months ago. But uh, time isn't real, and neither is the AppCon schedule. <laughs> um, kidding. The AppCon schedule, of course, is very serious <laughs> and very packed. Um, and a uh, special shout out to Kim Huey from our team, um, who makes sure that the schedule is packed um, and that everyone gets to learn about all of the awesome meetings that we have. But I'm way ahead of myself here. Um, I think first we should start with sort of a general breakdown. So Brad, what can you tell us about this new structure for AppCon 21? Well, first thing, just have to reference that, you know, we are still in a global pandemic and that has changed the way a lot of people live and do business. And part of that is transferring away, for us anyways, transferring away from the traditional in-person AppCon, unfortunately, for the time being. You know, we certainly will miss having our members into town, not only to learn about policy and help advocate for policy changes, but also we're really going to miss all of the time spent together getting to know our members because they are pretty cool people. Um, Absolutely. Could not agree more. Glad we're all on the same page there. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> what if we were all just like, just kidding, our members so <laughs> I miss them every day. I know. I think we're all in the same boat there. But we're also in the same boat. I think our members are too with last year's virtual five-week-in-a-row AppCon being a, a very daunting event. So, as a result of that, we are transitioning to mini AppCons, or as you guys like to call them, Max. We do like to call them Max. Yeah, I pretty catchy return, return of the Mac? Like, are you kidding oh, me? Wow. It's going to be so reusable. I yeah. haven't even thought about that. Yeah. That's going to be the hold music for every single Zoom call. I like. I have been waiting to throw this at you guys. Well, I'm glad you did it right here and right now. <laughs> well, anyways, these Macs are going to be our way of keeping our members involved throughout the year. So not doing virtual AppCon just five weeks in a row, new issue week one, new issue week two, etc., but rather quarterly we are going to be able to get our members into the fold to really participate in the advocacy on an issue by issue basis so be on the lookout for more of these issue based Macs as the year continues uh absolutely we're super excited for the Macs. um and uh brad tell us what our first mac is going to be about of course you know as i referenced just a moment ago the the pandemic has been a very large part of everyone on planet Earth's lives <laughs> over the past yeah. year or so, unfortunately. So we are going to start off our first Mac with not not only talking about one of Act's most important issues being uh, digital health, but also the pandemic response. And you know, uh, as I said, con the Connected Health Initiative within Act is one of our kind of cornerstone issue areas. So we're really excited to start off with that. We're gonna be able to cover things like the Wear It Act and being able to get um, wearable health devices into the market and uh, for consumers a lot easier, as well as advocate for some of the more traditional telehealth um, options. 
another piece of this is going to be the small business support uh, as a a response to the pandemic. And, you know, we kind of covered this a little bit in What's Brewing, talking about the PPP for businesses with 20 or fewer employees. Um, We'll also be able to talk about what Congress is doing now to help businesses in future packages and the like. But also, and I'd argue even maybe the most important piece of the the pandemic response is we want our members to be able to share what ways they have adapted in the face Mm -hmm. of the pandemic. You know, not every business model was able to continue in the the same fashion that it was pre-pandemic. And I think our members have some great stories to tell on how they've been able to shift their focus and uh, uh, adapt to these unprecedented circumstances we've been put into. Totally. Just as they have had to, we have had to adapt to these Macs, um, our members have had to do even more adapting. Um, so we want to make sure that key voices in Congress hear their stories. Um, and Absolutely. I should mention, uh, it wouldn't be an ACT event without the fun stuff. So, you know, don't worry, guys. That's all still happening. Um, we'll still have our social media superlatives at the end of each Mac. Um we're going to do our happy hours at the end of each Mac. We miss your faces. We want to see you. We want to catch up with you. We also want you to be able to catch up with each other. Um, so look out for those. Um, and, you know, we pride ourselves on swag here at the Association. We take it very, very seriously. Um, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, and that has not changed. Uh, in fact, maybe we've gotten even more intense about it, you might say. Um, so look out for things uh, over the course of the year, maybe some baked goods, maybe some pump tumblers maybe some uh some stickers some custom stickers you never know what you'll find uh if you join an act event um i love the rumors i i um i feel really good about spreading them um because they feel like they're true rumors you know i won't confirm or deny i'll just (laughs) put them out there into the universe and and hope that it uh you know it, it encourages people uh to join, you know, also, I hope that certainly they want to talk about the awesome things that they're doing and also how to improve um, digital health for all Americans. But, you know, if you're in it for the swag, I get it. Um, it's a bonus. No judgment. Yeah. Yeah. I support you either way. Either way, we're hoping to see you all throughout the year. And we're really excited to have some really interesting meetings that really get to be tailored to the topic at hand. Um you know, we meet with a different kind of staff. I would say maybe one of the things that's interesting, we've sort of talked about this after we finished AppCon 20, um, but one of the things we really learned was that with this like virtual AppCon, um, we have to be a little bit more selective in the kinds of meetings that we request. So it may not be a traditional constituent meeting, but uh-huh. it's with folks who are writing policy specific to the issue that we're talking about in a, in a you know, that's what they do day to day. And so these meetings become sort of even more interesting than our traditional AppCon meetings. And it's been really exciting to sort of see, even just from a few months ago when we finished AppCon, um, you know, where it's taken us, uh, even with this new administration and what is carried over from the message that we brought during those meetings. And so, you know, we're really encouraged by that. And I think that that is something else that we're all really, really excited about for AppCon 21. Um, So all this to say, we want to see you. Please join us. Um, you know, if you will, we'll include some information in the show notes. And if there is an information in the show notes that answers the specific questions that you have, reach out to us. We are happy to answer questions. Um, and, you know, we hope to see you April 5th for our first Mac on digital health and pandemic response. 
And now it is time for our random identifier. Brad, you're first. Tell us this month, what are you obsessed with? All right, we are still uh, gonna stay on the music train, Naturally. but I thought it, it would be apt as a part of Black History uh, Month to talk about one of my favorite artists of all time, and that is B.B. King, you know? Oh, um, oh yes. I'm, I'm a big fan of the blues. I always have been, uh, more in a modern context, but as I've l- learned more on the guitar, I've been able to appre- appreciate even more what B.B. King does, and it is just some of the most outrageously soulful and the feeling that he has for the notes, how he can play them quietly and loudly at the perfect time, not only the note selection, but the um, the way that he plays the note is just I incomparable. I don't know anyone else who has ever played the guitar with more soul than B.B. King. Yeah, it's like unmatched. Um, yeah. I was very lucky that I got to see him. I grew up in this area, um, and uh, there is a spot in Bethesda called the Strathmore Music Hall. Um, and anyway, uh, like I think the year before he died, I got to see him with my mom there. Um, and like to this day, it's like one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my whole life. Like he, I've never seen someone both command the other musicians so effortlessly, like the way that they watched him and just like knew what he was doing. And like, to your point, Brad, like when he played a note a certain way, like they knew exactly what to do in response to that. Like, and he would change it up like from what you may have known from like a recording, he would just like change it up on the spot. It was like one of the most amazing shows I've ever seen. Absolutely. And I'll just add one other person just because I I have to. And that's Chuck (laughs) Berry as well. Yeah, of course. Those those two are like, oh my goodness. I mean, also Washington, D.C., Chuck Berry. That's right. And to build off your point about the musicians around the, the player kind of understanding, Chuck Berry did not tour with the band. He just played with whoever the house band was in the city because he knew that the people would know what to play. Yeah. Because he's Chuck Berry. Because he's Chuck Berry. Yeah. (laughs) That is so cool. That is such a fun fact. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I love that. Um, Caitlin, how about you? What's going on with you this month? Literally nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Um... (laughs) Well, I became a mom over the weekend. Yeah. To a dog. To a dog. <laughs> yes. Um, her name is Bandit. And she is so a cute. Dachshund Alaskan Shepherd mix. I still get confused when I say that. Um, <laughs> and um, she's literally perfect and my best friend at this time. She's um, really cute. She is really cute. I she agree. is like the cutest thing I've ever seen. And I I said I was going to embarrass myself and I plan on following through with that. So I will admit here now, um, in the first 24 hours of me owning Bandit, um, I became so overwhelmed with the thought that (laughs) she will pass away one day that I started crying. Caitlin. Oh no. Oh no. I know. I know. So like now I know I definitely cannot have like human children. Like there's no way. <laughs> there's just no way. It's not possible. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're now in the sort of phase of acceptance where you know that you have a long life with her before you even have to consider this. I'll be at least 40. Yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, and she'll be super old too. So like don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys okay. have a long life ahead of you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be beautiful. Lots no, of I toys, lots of outdoor time, lots of playing. Pets? So much playing. So yeah. many pets. So many so cuddles. So many pets, so many boops. cuddles. Just so many boops. Yeah. Yep. She was in the snow and she was just booping around. Yeah. That's so cute. I love With it. her tiny little legs. Her tiny little legs. She has little baby nugget legs. And then she also um, has a little wiggly tail, which is really cute. So pictures will be in the show notes. I already have a camera roll that needs to be probably um, cleared out. (laughs) Good luck finding anything in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, seriously, good luck finding anything in the show notes. It's like instead of like bullets, like each bullet is actually going to be a picture of Bandit. You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, um, my, I, I guess I'm going with sort of the like, valentine's day vibe with my um random identifier so um there is a first book series and now netflix movie series called to all the boys i loved before um (laughs) the books are delightful i just reread them um because the last movie was released so there's three of them and they were released around valentine's day which is why it's relevant to uh february specifically and um listen you guys we all know some things about me um, and my movie watching habits, which is that I pretty much watch all movies, but my favorite movies are, you know, not like the creme de la creme of cinema. And like, I love <laughs> that about myself and I've accepted it about myself and um, will continue to promote these sorts of films. And so what I have to say about, about these movies specifically is that like visually, they are just like lovely to look at. Like they're very calming, they're very pretty. They use like bright colors. They like make you happy, just the way they look. And then throw in some like cute, cheesy dialogue, some like silly rom-com plot points, um, you know, love letters that get sent uh, without the writer of the love letter knowing. Scandal. Then you get some like right scandal. You get some like high school hijinks. You get like a fake relationship. Then you get a real relationship, and then you get like the other boy you used to have a crush on who shows up, and then you get a love triangle, and then at the end you get some like college question marks and like what do I do as I start to get older? And uh, it's like lovely. And also, in the last movie, they go both to Korea and to New York City, which sounds like they're packing a lot in, but it doesn't feel like that. It just feels like a delightful (laughs) love letter to both of those places. Um, And I'm just here to tell you to watch the movies because they will make you happy. Um, I don't care who you are. They're going to make you happy. I promise. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't promise that, but you know what I am. I'm not going to walk back from that promise. I believe. I believe in To All the Boys I Loved Before. Uh, I'll be able to have the the Alex Cook seal of approval seal of app approval yeah whoa boom because i watched them on my netflix app um (laughs) whoa and also read them on my books app uh so there you go Um, so are you saying you live work and play through apps i am saying that i do those things yeah Uh, and i feel great about them uh they've really opened the world to me uh, probably made your pandemic life a lot easier so great yeah i i couldn't have survived without those things Truly. Um, and to all the boys I love before, specifically. So go watch it, everyone. All three of them. <laughs> all right, guys, that's it for Tech Swamp. If you heard anything on here that piqued your interest, head over to our website and make your way to the podcast section. We'll have notes today. We'll have notes on today's episode that include links to all the good stuff. 
And of course, we want to give a shout out to Brad Goodall, who has composed our podcast, Awesome Music. Thank you, Brad. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. And of course, we would love a rate review. Five stars only, please. Five stars only. That's all for today, folks. Everyone say bye. 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 Bye.